Bass Boat Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Deacon. And guys, today we've got a special guest coming on. His name is John Kazi. He heads up the Kazi Angler Management, does a lot with boat sales as well, and uh, just going to get a lot of... Uh, a lot of good information on the industry, and I think this episode is really going to be helpful for those guys looking at sponsorship and looking what you really need to do to get to the next level. And um, man, it's going to be it's going to be jam packed with information on everything. I mean, this is kind of our off season, right, where guys are getting into looking at those sponsorship contracts. Hopefully, have stuff already lined up for twenty twenty two. But uh, without further ado, let's bring John in. John, how's it going, man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Does it feel like uh, you're in Tennessee, correct? That is correct. Okay. You guys having? Uh, are you a deer hunter? What's the, what's the weather like? What are things like well, in Tennessee right now? Man, it's been uh, it's been typical, you know, fall type of crappy weather around here. Actually, um, it's been getting down into the high, you know, upper twenties at night. Um, decent in the during the day but it's you know it's been pretty cold in my opinion i, I like it I, i'm i'm big on summertime man so the end of the week it's supposed to get up to like 70 and then it's going to drop back off in you know the mid 50s and just be crappy so i mean it's just it is what it is we the weather's changed around here since i've been here 30 years now or at least 30 um i mean it's still better than the weather in northern ohio so that it is dude yeah yeah well i uh i'm headed kind of your way i'm headed to let's see you follow alabama for the bassmaster Mm -hmm. national man and i looked at the weather today it has been so mild here as far as in colorado normally by now it has been you know it'd be pretty cold and it gets it's getting down at night to the 30s uh mid 30s but during the day today, dude, it got, I think it got to 74 today. I mean, it is hot. Like I looked at it and I, and I looked at, I've just been kind of watching the weather around Eufaula and it is, it was cooler there than it was at one point today here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> see that. It just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Does it? No, you know, dude, so, hmm. it's, that's goofy. It's goofy yeah. to me, yeah. but, um, man, you've been to Eufaula before? Never have, never have been. I've never been. That'll probably be the furthest. That's not true. Furthest I've been to the Southeast tournament fishing. Definitely. I've gone, I fished New York this year on the other side on, on uh, one of the opens up there. But otherwise, man, the farthest I've gone East, especially pulling a boat has been Tennessee, Kentucky, a lot there, but never, never the Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Um, So no, not at all. Never been. Yeah. No, you'll like it, man. It's a good lake. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems like a, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of different things you can do there. There's a lot of vegetation. There's a lot of offshore stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah. And Alabama does a good job with all their with all their lakes. You know, I mean, they. I think Alabama's one of the few states that, you know, they treat it like, you know, they know it's an industry. You know, and they can make money from it, right? You know, some states just do a better job of it than others. You know, I think Alabama does a good job. Yeah, no, I dude, I agree. And that's something um, these Western states out here, we are actually so on our on our serious angler Monday night live podcast. Monday we had uh um who did we have on? We had Josh Beertrand on out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. uh, chatting with him, we were just talking about how there's so much opportunity out West for that. And um, a little bit of a struggle is that there, when I say opportunity, there's a lot of these, there's big lakes, there's lakes that are big enough to fish tournaments on mm-hmm. and these major circuits don't go there. But part of that is the municipalities, the towns, the cities around these places are small, but also they don't necessarily see the value in bringing that right. many anglers to a tournament. Whereas, right. I mean, you're in, vast country you know down there and that is they understand they understand and you know i mean look how big the alabama bass trail is you know which you know i fished that again this year and and you know i mean it just you know texas has got the same thing you know but it's funny because uh i was in an event um here in tennessee uh benefit tournament a couple weeks ago and we were having that discussion and i'm like you know used to middle tennessee I mean, we had the the PBF back in the day. Mike Stubbs ran a great organization called the Professional Bass. Um, it was PBF. It was Professional Bass Fishermen. Okay. And, you know, man, it, it it always have – I don't think we ever had over 200 boats. I think he cut it off. But, you know, I mean, we haven't had a trail like that since – you know, it's been – golly, man, it's been a long time, you know. I mean, 20-some yeah. years. And um, there's a lot of guys that fish around here. It's just uh, for whatever reason, you know, for us to get – you know, the kind of turnout that Alabama Bass Trail gets up here would be, I just, it never would happen. Wow. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and what's crazy is because, you know, Nashville's Middle Tennessee is one of the top five markets, you know, for bass boats, you know, in the country. Really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's a lot of, man, there's a lot of boat sales around here. For you sure. Know. You but know. but the, but not but you're saying it doesn't match up with the tournament level the amount of no. tournaments Mm-mm. that's no. crazy to me yeah no it doesn't there's there's a lot of um you know smaller club events and stuff like that that you know guys will go fish you know for 25 30 boats and win a little bit of money but you know nothing like nothing like what they've got down in alabama i mean um you know Kay's done a great job with that down there and um i'd love to have something like that here in tennessee but it just, um, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like it works in certain parts of the, of the country, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. And, and that's, uh, it's kind of crazy how that works. There's pockets, right. And even though there's good opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, they just seem to be in those pockets and they build a little niche tournament series and it blows up. Yeah. Time. Yep. And it's cool too because you get guys like I know a lot of guys from up north that go and especially early in the year that'll go fish the Alabama team trail stuff, oh, or yeah. especially the Texas stuff. We get guys from Colorado that'll go down and fish that sure. because we're we're not fishing until yeah. March, yeah. April. No, yeah, I mean at, at any of those ABT events, man, you're you just when you're walking through the parking lot, you know, and and like I fished the South this year, which um you know it put me on a lot of water that you know I, some of it was the first time I ever seen. You know what I'm saying? So uh, um. <clears throat> But you just walk through the parking lot, man, you, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, you know, Georgia, you know, a lot of, you can see a lot of guys come across over from Georgia, you know, you got the teams that come down from Tennessee, um, you know, but it's still dominated by the guys from Alabama, you know, as far as the numbers of, of teams that sign up. So, but like I said, you know, she's done a great job with it and, um, you know, I wish it continued success, you know, it's going to be around for a long time. I think they sent, uh, that to what you're going to the bass champ team championship. I think there was 18 teams. I think that 
yeah, that are coming out of the ABT. Yeah. So they, so I'm then not, they were I'm not one of them. <laughs> oh no, man. Yeah, that'd have been cool. That'd have been real. Well, no, we won one this year, but we we still had some. You know, we you know we just had a, we just had some bad tournaments. You know, um, you know, and then it just you know wasn't wasn't meant to be. So it is what it is we still had a good year dude i'd rather i'd rather win one and not make a championship yeah uh, just just from a finance perspective and uh winning ones i don't know i mean just you look at any angler's careers and what puts them on the map are those wins oh yeah yeah you know i mean it uh it it was kind of funny because when during that event I mean, I don't, man, I'm 53 years old and I've been doing this a long time. So I don't get excited about stuff like that, you know, and, and, uh, we had a good, you know, a good sack of fish, but again, man, you're in Alabama, you know, I mean, I understood that the Alabama river, you know, it was, it, you know, there's a lot of 12 pound bags, you know, 10 to 12 pound bags. And, um, but I still, you know, I mean, I didn't think that we were going to win and, um, and we hit the scales and they're like, we got a big bag coming in thinking okay you know and uh we had like i don't know it was a couple pound lead or whatever you know and and of course there's you know there's a group of guys around and some of them you know a lot of them that are on cause angler management and that were there that were fishing in as well and they're like dude you got this wrapped up you know this is awesome and they're all excited and they're like dude you you don't you know i'm like you know i don't even know how much money we're winning you know, I don't even know what the payout is. You know, I, I stay so wrapped up in what the other guys are doing that I didn't realize. You know, it was ten grand. Okay, you know, this is a big yeah. deal. You know, it this ain't easy to win one of these. And I'm thinking, man, you know, if you you know, 10, 20, 15 years ago, twenty years ago, I guess it was in the mid nineties. You know, uh, Jetta Marine. You know, up in Kentucky. They always had the Jetta Marine Classic. That's a huge tournament, man. I mean, the year that uh, myself and Charlie Morrison Sr. won that event, and there was like, uh, it was like 490 boats. It was, yeah, it was something stupid, man. You know, I mean, it was just retarded. You know, that to me was a huge deal just because, yeah. you know, the amount of boats. And, of course, but I was younger then, too, you know, and, and, and so it was a big deal. But, um, but like I said, yeah, the, you know, and then <clears> – <throat> As more as we, you know, after we won that ABT, you know, it started, you know, get you start getting phone calls from people and and you start realizing, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. So, you know, then like yeah. I said, it's not because I'm good or, you know, and now my partner's good now. He's, you know, that boy's good. But, you know, it's just, uh, uh, he won the Angler of the Year championship last year in ABT. So Mark's, Mark Condren's a guy from Connecticut, but uh, he's been down here about three years. And I've never seen anybody adapt as, uh, as quickly as he has. Um, he's got a, you know, for a younger guy, uh, Mark's probably 30. Um, he, man, he's got, he, he just, he knows, he, he understands it. You know, he, he, he teaches me stuff. And like I said, you know, it just, so it was kind of cool to fish with him. And that's <clears> impressive. Well, yeah, he, 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 he wanted me to fish him with him and, and I, like I said, with my schedule, I don't know, you know, where I'm going to be all the time and, and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I thought we were fishing the north. And so he put us in and then he told me we we're fishing the south. I'm like, oh, man, you know, because now it's a little bit harder to drive down there, you know, and pre-fish and come home in the same day. I mean, because most of the drives that we're making are, you know, three hours to five hours, you know, from from here in middle Tennessee. And so it's not like you could go down there and 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 
practice, you know, in, in advance, you know, we'd have to go down there, you know, and spend a day before the tournament or two days, you know, at the most. And, um, whatever the, the legal time was. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was different, but he said, man, I just want to win one of these. I'm like, dude, you won angler of the year last year. He said, but yeah, I just want to win one. And I'm like, all right, man, we'll try to win one. You know, I said, I don't know if we can pull it off, but we'll try, you know, so we got that. He got that off his bucket list. And, and uh, um, I told him, I said, man, next year you're on your own. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Too much going on. Well, oh, yeah. let's get into that, John. I know, uh, man. So, I love always starting the show with some small talk like that because uh, we're both fishermen. We get it. And that uh, I'm sure has helped you in your career with everything that you do. Uh, Let's uh, let's go ahead. And first we'll talk uh, a little bit about the boating industry right now, Mm kind of your roles, uh, you know, selling blazer boats, how that has been going, how you've seen everything happening. And then we'll kind of get into John Cozzi angler manager or Cozzi angler management itself. Um, but man, how uh, how's the boat sales going? How is how is the boat industry, bass boat industry, as a whole, maybe right now from your perspective? Uh, well, it's the industry's good. Uh, it's strong. Um, if if product would free up, it could just be you know ridiculous. Um, again, this is a byproduct of you know COVID. You know, an un- unfortunate thing that happens. Um, has spurred on something else. You know, a lot of people turn to the outdoors. Um, there's just such an increase in people that wanted to be outdoors and they, you know, a lot of them chose fishing, you know, and uh, so, you know, the market's good as far as um, interest rates, how the buyers are getting qualified, you know, all that price of it gone way up. That's a bad thing. Okay. Um, you know, and the thing of it is, is, is everything that I don't, it doesn't matter what manufacturer it is, what they're building is, is already pre-sold. Okay. So as a dealer looks at it, you know, it's really hard, you know, cause you don't really have any inventory to show people. Um, you know, if that dealer doesn't have a demo boat or something like that, you know, I mean, you're basically, um, you know, you got to rely on, if you have a pro staff department, you know, those guys showing boats, you know, their boats, you know, taking customers out and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, I've always been, and, and I've been, I've been doing this a long time, pro staffing for different boat manufacturers and sure. uh, dealers. And the thing of it is, is um, you've got to, in today's world, you know, we're, customers can get on the internet they can do all the research you know you've got a lot of things on youtube that guys are doing boat reviews and things like that so they can you know the customer itself when they contact you you know they they've got a pretty good idea but man they're still spending 70 80 dollars and i strongly encourage them you know i'm like look you, you wouldn't go buy a car without driving it you know i mean let's let's get in the boat you know let's try to get a demo set up you know and somehow some way and um you know the one of the things that you know i think that uh, i know that i do differently is i just don't take a customer out and run them down the lake and and let them run the boat you know and um you know and, and we're done within an hour i tell them to bring some fish and stuff hell it's you know spend four or five hours i don't care if you want to spend all day you know um this way they can use the boat 
feel how it fishes, you know, different situations, you know, and, and once they spend that kind of time in the boat, you know, they've got a pretty good idea at that point. And, and that's what you really want to do because again, this is a lot of money, you know, and not only that is if you, you never look in, it just that boat sale, right? You know, you want that guy to come back in two to three years um, and buy another boat from you. You know, that's what it's, you know, you, so you, you've got a customer services is at a premium right now, especially you just got to get creative on how you do it because you don't have a showroom full of boats. You know, I mean, some guys may have sat on a bunch of boats. I mean, that's, you know, because they don't want to sell out because then what are they going to do? But, you know, I mean, you know, if we got them, we sold them. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was a little different with Blazer, you know, too, because, you know, two years ago, uh, you know, it, um, there wasn't a lot of hype about Blazer boats, right? Hmm. And um, so, you know, when you're trying to get a brand that, uh, uh, especially if it's a brand that's worthy of being out there, and it's a good product you know the only way that you're going to get it done is get people in that boat you know so you've got to sell them you've got to have uh, a good pro staff department you know that's running those boats quality people you know and then the manufacturers just got to back it up by building a good product you know and and that's the one nice thing with them down there that's a small enough company that um you know they listen to fishermen you know on that and uh so you know if it, there's there's constantly always making small little changes you know um which is nice you know um not saying that the big boat builders you know big box builders they don't do that they you know I'm, i mean i was with ranger for you know quite some time i was with stratus before that you know and uh so you know it, all the manufacturers like i said and nobody nobody builds a bad boat today you know there's yeah. not a boat out there you know, you know so uh, they all they all build, everybody builds a great boat, you know? So, uh, um, it, the thing of it is the industry is good. Um, certain motors are harder to get, you know, um, everybody, you know, is so is, and it's not Yamaha's fault or Suzuki's fault. It's just logistically, they can't get the engines here. Okay. Um, which has caused another problem. You know, a lot of these, um, boat builders that sign like exclusive deals with Yamaha, let's say, or, uh, you know, they, they had to build boats, you know, so they turned to Mercury, you know, and ordered X amount from Mercury. And so what, what happened basically is I, as um, way it's been explained to me is, you know, Mercury just got inundated with more orders than what they ever thought they would have had. Wow. And yeah. So they are, you know, they took on new boat builders. Okay. And so now they're just, you know, it's not like they have a shortage that they're running out of parts or, you know, it's, it's that they're just, everything they're building, man, is going out, you know? And now what that does to dealers is, you know, they are the, they're on the bottom rung right now, right? The last part of the supply chain. Yeah. You know, so um, you take a dealer like that I work with here in Tennessee, Jayco's Marine, but, you know, has always, you know, it's probably one of the, the, the largest, I know for years they were the number one mercury dealer in the country, right? Um, standalone store. They're probably still in the top three. But when you when you're used to selling six hundred plus engines a year, you know, that ain't happening no more, you know, right wow. now. Right. You know, and 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 again, um, I think it's gonna be one of those things as is, is um 
people have to realize and guys have to realize this when it comes to these boat motors, these four strokes are going to last a lot longer than what the two strokes did. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a two stroke guy, man. I you know, <laughs> I love the smell in the morning. Man. And, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, I just, I'm a two stroke guy, you know? Yeah. And um, so, you know, it just, you know, when, when we were dealing with the two strokes, you know, everybody would try to get rid of them, you know, 300, 400 hours, you know, 500 hours, you guys were going, oh my gosh, the motor's, you know, halfway through its life expectancy, because, you know, they were only expected to run for about a thousand, you know, but as I did the research on these four strokes, you know, charter guys down there on the Gulf, up on the Great Lakes, and they they pound these things, 3,800, 4,000 hours, and they turn around, and they yank them off the boats, they sell them. Right. You know, and they're repowering. So you're talking about, you know, life expectancy, 5,000 hours, you know, and and that's one of the, the biggest things that um, I get phone calls all the time. And, man, I'm always in my truck. OK, so um, I've got a I just I've had a Ford Expedition I bought, you know, from uh, dealer buddies up in Ohio and uh, had it 14 months. I got 70,000 miles on it. So it's not like I stay home a lot. And, um, and so the biggest thing is I'm getting these phone calls <clears throat> and, you know, I'll sell used boats for guys and, uh, they'll be like, well, how many hours that boat got? Well, you know, it's got 160. I mean, it's only, it's a year old. My goodness. I'm like, yeah, hold on. You know, if you put it on a computer, you know, 80% of them, it's the idle time. Everybody's <clears throat> looking at the graphs, you know, um, it's racking up hours. Okay. I said, that's really not that big of a deal. And I said, and I explained to him how the four stroke is, you know, and, and I'll be like, man, next time you're in your, what, what your model vehicle you got? Well, I've got a 2020, you know, uh, GMC Sierra pickup. I said, next time, just click on the dash, you know, click on the, uh, go through your menu and, and just look up engine hours. What do you mean? I said, well, I'm driving my truck right now, man. I got 1500 hours on it. Right. You know, well, I said, oh, I get it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you, man. It's the same engine as what's in your vehicles, right? Yeah, they don't turn 5,800 RPMs. You know, you're, you're only turning 18 to 2,000 in your, sure. in your vehicle. So it's going to last a lot longer. But, you know, the, the buying public's got to understand that these four strokes, you know, it, you just have to get used to if you're going to buy a used boat and it's a four stroke, it may have seven, 800 hours on it. It's not even a big deal. You know, it's it's like, it, you know, it, it's, it'd be like buying a Toyota Camry with 150,000 miles on it. When you know the car is going to probably run for 400,000 miles. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the same principle. You That's know? good so, to know going forward here. With well, I mean, it's just, you've got to, you know, you've got to, you're almost re-educating everybody on with these engines, you know. So um, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, it doesn't one, mean that I like them, but it, you know. It, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. They don't just burn, but mm -hmm. man, um, one thing, John, I wanted to hit on that you had mentioned as far as when you're looking at customers selling a boat, I like that you said you're looking at a guy, not just as a sale, right? You're not just trying to get a quick sale. You're trying to build a relationship with that person right. and have the ability to, especially with a lot of guys today, right there, they are turning boats. Um, mm -hmm. they, don't want, they don't want to go ahead and put new graphs on them. They don't, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, so, so uh, I guess talk a little bit about that and what you're seeing on guys. I mean, what's a good trade-in time, do you feel like, out of curiosity on your side of things? And then um, 
I guess a little talk a little bit about how many like maybe what's the what's a customer that you've sold X amount of boats to? I'm curious what's your number? The same guy has come back over. Oh, gosh. You know what I man. mean? As far as yeah. Of boats. Yeah, and that's that's a good question, man. Um golly, I'm trying to think. I probably well, you gotta understand though, I didn't actually start selling boats to actually I mean, I've been like I said, I've always been a pro staff guy where I would turn it over to a sales guy, right? Sure. And then in 2000 and I guess 16. Okay. They basically um, talked me into actually going into a dealership. And um, it was with, um, with a dealer up in uh, CNO Marine, actually up in uh, White Bluff, Tennessee. Okay. And um, they were going to become a Ranger dealer. And, um, Basically, they, you know, uh, the rep, you know, basically set it up with the owner, which I was a pro staff guy for him. And they they were like, you know, man, we think that you could, you know, you could do us a lot of good by doing this. And and at that point, Ranger was like fifth in the market. Okay, they were it was terrible. Really? um, So basically, I, you know, built a good I, I brought in pro staff guys, guys that I knew, you know, for 15 to 25 years that um i'd either worked with in the past you know at, at xyz dealership or whatever you know but um people pay attention to what guys run okay you know and if you came out of one boat brand and you're all of a sudden you're in this boat brand and you know these guys are talking about it and and you know it, it kind of starts a little bit of a buzz so it took us probably uh man i think that first year i sold 59 rangers um, wow. yeah that was what now the store sold more i sold i'm talking about just me personally like yeah. yeah 59 that year and um you know all of a sudden we started moving up the chart as far as register boats in middle tennessee and and i think it was within like a year and a half we'd actually finally moved into the top spot which you know at that point i mean this was right before johnny morris you know took over ranger um it so it was uh, you know rangers still did you know they did so much advertising you know it, there's no reason in any market that ranger at that point shouldn't have been the number one bass boat out there just because of pure advertisement alone of what they pumped into the you know into it as a manufacturer and but like i said you still got to have the right guys you know in the boat willing to spend that time um so it is no, I probably got a little sidetracked there, but it did, man. It's back, like back, back, you know, back to what you're saying is, is um, I probably, I think, I guess, in the the six years I've been doing this, I sold one customer in one day. Um, he bought a big Ranger pontoon and a, a Z five nineteen C, and uh, which myself and um, uh, one of my pro staff guys, um we actually delivered it all to his house. See, that was the other thing too, man, as I took selling boats to a different level, um, you know, when you got the ability to take a boat to a customer's house. Okay. And um, I've always had my truck set up where I've got my computer in there. I've got my printer in there. I can do all my paperwork right there. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I've always got a lender, you know, on speed dial. So, I mean, we can get things done, but you know, when, um, 
when you're dealing with, it doesn't matter if it's a aluminum boat or a glass boat or, you know, whatever, you know, but man, I don't know if it's going to fit in my garage, you know, well, let's go do a demo and let's just come to bring it to your house, you know, and let's see. Oh yeah. Well, you know, so we do that and it's a little different when that boat's sitting in your driveway or in your garage and all of a sudden we're sitting at your kitchen table. Now we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, that, that's just something that I don't think a lot of dealers, you know, do. Um, and man, we sold a lot of boats by doing that. And, um, you know, so I've got, I've got guys that have bought three or four boats from me, you know, over the course of time. It's probably yeah. about the most six um, years. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I've got families that, you know, dad's bought a boat, son's bought a boat, you know, dad's brother's bought a boat, you know? So, I mean, different things like that, you know, I mean, it's, um, I try to be, I'm, I tell everybody, man, I'm just a fisherman, you know I mean? I'm, I'm not a boat salesman, you know? And, and, and I tell customers all the time, it's not about, I don't care if you buy a boat from me or not. I don't care if you buy a blazer. You know, if you're looking at blazer and you're looking at Phoenix and you want to ask me questions about Phoenix and I know the boat. Okay. That's, if you're going to do this, you better know all the boats. Okay. You better know what everybody, however, you know, how every boat, is built out there, you know? So, um, the thing of it is, is by knowing the other products it's and, and I would never, I'm not going to talk bad about the other products. Cause again, nobody builds a bad boat. And the thing of it is, is, but making sure that customer gets what he needs. Okay. You know, and, um, and, and you, when it came to like having a pro staff department, um, you know, I, I, I'd always have meetings with the guys, you know, and, it wasn't, wasn't like sales tactics or nothing like that, because again, that's, that's not how this works in my opinion. Um, you know, but recognizing, you know, who you're talking to, you know, I mean, and if, a, if you're at a boat show, you know, you see all these guys are walking around, they got their jerseys on and all that, you know, and, and, you know, I might have 20 boats in this booth, right. And let's say there's 20 pro staff guys there and they're all wearing jerseys. Well, a lot of times you, I would pay attention. Customers would kind of walk up to the booth, but they, you know, they really want to come in, you know, and because, and, and, and I had to explain to the owner, I'm like, look, we got to get these guys out of jerseys. Well, why? I said, because average guy walking in, okay. Probably doesn't have a Jersey. Probably don't even fish tournaments. Mm-hmm. I said, but if you think back when you first started going to boat shows, you know, I mean, if you seen a guy with a bunch of patches on, you know, it almost kind of is an intimidation. I agree. Right. Yeah. They don't feel comfortable because they're, you know, there is not a dumb question, but customers will think that. Right. So I got rid of jerseys and I made sure all the pro staff guys had nice button down shirts. If they were Ranger guys, they had Ranger on there and, and uh, their name. And, you know, if they were nitro, they had nitro. And if it was Triton, they had Triton because we had all three brands. And, um, that changes things. Okay. Because now the nitro guys were over there and I rotated them in and out on shifts. Cause I didn't want a booth full of, you know, a uh, bunch of guys, you know, but my guys have to know the product. Okay. And more importantly is, you know, find out what the customers, what he needs, you know, where does he fish? You know, I mean, if he never, if, if he just fishes in, like, let's say a smaller Lake reservoir type that doesn't get rough, you know, don't try to put him in a, in a big 21 footer when yeah. he's telling you he can only spend X and he's going to do just fine in a 19 footer. 
right? You know, and but if he goes to Kentucky Lake every now and then, right? You know, if he says the word Paris, Tennessee, you might want to think about putting him in a in a bigger boat. Sure. You know, if there's a husband and wife there, you better be talking to her. Okay. You better make sure she's part of the conversation because I'm telling you right now, she's the one gonna say, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna write a check. You know, okay. If you don't if you don't pay no attention to her, you ain't selling that boat. Okay. Exactly so right. right. So, you know, there's just different things that you learn along the way. And it's it's not trying to be slick, it's just trying to do due diligence, you know, and, and just be yourself, you know. And and like I said, I'm out if anybody ever calls me a boat salesman, I might smack. You know, because I'm just not, I'm not that guy, you know, like I said, it, it, I sell a lot of boats and, um, but I, you know, it's not because, um, I'm, you know, I'm trying, it's just basically being me, being me, you know, and, and, um, I, I try to always deliver what I say I'm going to deliver. I mean, it sometimes it's hard, man, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, everybody's going to drop the ball on stuff, but I try to make up for it, you know, and, and make sure that everybody gets what they're supposed to get. And, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun, uh, profession, you know, and, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of gratifying, especially when, um, when, and what was interesting is, is when, when we were selling Rangers, you know, a lot of, man, they, that was her dream boat, you know, and when you can make that happen for them and, um, you know, it's pretty cool, you know, and, uh, uh, uh you know, and, and, and again, when you switch brands, like I did, um, yeah. you know, and, and it wasn't it when, when, honestly, when I left, um, CNO and left Ranger, I had no intentions of doing this anymore. Sure. Um, that was when, you know, we were, I was basically going to take the time off and really concentrate on Kaiser Angler management just because, you know, the guys were really, you know, pressuring me to do it. And, uh, um, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, Bronson King, the owner of Jayco's, and I was with Jake, Barbara, and Jerry for man since like 1998 until like 2014 wow. or 15 is when I left. Um, and and the only reason I left is because Barbara and Jerry decided that you know they were just going to pretty much concentrate on motors and and not even mess with fiberglass boats. And and at that time I was running a Stratus, and um, they uh, um, the rep really wanted me to you know stick with with the brand and and um that's kind of how i got moved to cno um with craig odom up there and and i enjoyed my time up there man great guy great people uh craig and pam were just you know they were super good uh to be around but man i just i worked so many hours and i was literally just burnt out that i just was like you know i gotta i gotta have a break and i don't even want to do this no more and then Bronson calls me from Jayco's and, you know, of course he'd been selling all these motors and he's like, man, and he's selling some aluminum boats, you know, low. And he's like, man, I really need you to help me get a glass boat. And I was like, Oh gosh, here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. And, and he's like, can we go to dinner? And so we went to dinner and he kind of told me what he wanted me to do. And, and the biggest thing is I don't like being in an office. Okay. So, I mean, that's just, I was like, you know, he's like, look, dude, I don't want to see your ugly face in my dealership. He said, you do what you do, just make it happen. And I'm like, fair enough. You know, I can, uh, I can work from home and, and, uh, you know, have a boat here and take customers out and, you know, do what we do. And so, um, basically, um, the guys that, um, that had been with me, you know, um, course i didn't you know they they were like man what are we gonna do you know and i'm like i don't know you know and uh 
they, they said, well, you know, we, we want to go wherever you go. And I'm like, we don't know where we're going yet, you know, and, and, uh, but this is what's happening with Jayco's. And, and so, you know, we looked at other boat brands. Um, yeah. and uh, honestly, we talked to everybody. Um, you know, I know Tim DePriest and Stephen Waller really well, you know, at Falcon and, and, uh, they were gracious enough to, to send an, uh, an F20, um, down here and wow. that gb james had and we we tested it out for a couple weeks and i, I was familiar with the falcon anyways because i ran an f-215 actually at boat number two that they ever built and no way uh, cool yeah mm-hmm, sure did and, and a great boat um but you know with with where dealers are located and things like that you know but it, it wasn't a good fit and um but um you know really wasn't sure what we were going to do and then I, you know, get a phone call from Chris Williams and, um, it was kind of, it was kind of funny cause, um, he said that he spoke to me a couple of years before when I was at CNO and I blew him off, you know, cause we were, <laughs> we were, you know, white river Marine exclusive. And I, and I told him that, but I didn't blow him off, but he, you know, he took we, it we, that we, way. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he, he still gives me a hard time about that, you know? And, yeah. but that night when he called, you know, and, 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 I was like, dude, I didn't know y'all still built bass boats. You know, I said, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, we still do. And we got, you know, we got a new model coming out. We, we redid the 625. And, and, um, so I said, yeah, you know, let's take a look at it, you know? And, and then when I went to the plant and I actually seen how the boat was constructed, that's, you know, it made a, made a real impression on me. I've been to a lot of different manufacturers and, um, I liked what I saw down there, you know, and what was kind of cool about it was as I was walking around the plant, you know, and wasn't a guided tour by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was just kind of, you know, meandering through and, but I sure. had different, different guys at the different workstations. They would stop and actually talk to me and tell me what they were doing. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, I mean, you got people that look like they actually, you know, enjoyed what they were doing, took pride in what they're doing. And, um, you know, the boats, <sighs> 95 percent hand laid you know there's some stuff on the top cap that's you know chopper gunned and stuff like that but the 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 meat of the boat you know is hand laid and um and and when i seen it you know and and i talked to you know to keith um craft you know the uh the you know the original owner of of blazer Blazer. yeah you know and um i think the world of keith he's man he's he he knows the stuff um he builds a good product and and that's pretty much what sold me. So we rolled the clock forward a little bit and um they I actually got a 625 and we actually went down there and did some more testing with the 650 and and things like that. And um and I was blown away by how the boat, you know, works. And um it because it doesn't look like it should do what it does. Okay. You know, it 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 it's sleek, you know, everybody thinks, oh, it's a bullet, you know, and and back in the day, yeah, probably so. These new boats are nothing like that. You know, the, what what when they made the changes on them, it changed the boat. Um, and if it's funny because if I do a demo with somebody, and I can tell if I meet them in a marina and the boat's on the trailer and they get out of their car, their truck, you know, and they walk to me, they're looking at it going, there ain't no way this boat's going to ride like he told me it's going to ride. You know, right. I can see it because we're seeing it on the trailer. Okay. Then we go out there and they're blown away you know, because the boat turns so good and it handles rough water. It, like I said, the boat makes absolutely no sense for is for why it looks how good it does. Yeah. And if I, if I've already got the boat in the water and the customer gets there, 
they don't see it on the trailer and they get in and they're like, wow, this thing's awesome. You know, man, I, you, man, I can't believe how good this that's is. hilarious. And then I put it on the trailer and then we're looking at it going, I'm like, yeah, it's the same boat. You know? <laughs> and they're like, I thought it, I figured it was going to be deeper in this. And the boat's actually fairly deep. I mean, when you open up the rod boxes and you see, then you can really see how deep, but it, it, as far as looking at it on a trailer, it, it does, it's not a real deep killed looking. No, boat. it doesn't look like it. You're no, right. Yeah. You know, and, um, the key to the boat is, you know, you don't bury the nose in rough water. You know, man, I mean, I've been on Lake Erie, you know, and I try to go up there and fish 14, 16 times a year, you know, and there's no place rougher. No, uh, learn, and, that. learn that this year. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, that place is a, is a grinder up there. And um, like I said, it just, uh, the boat surprises you, you know, and, and I actually told Keith, you know, I'm, we were down there on the Escambia River, and uh, I was running a 650, and um, actually it was Jason Lambert's boat. And, okay. and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm basically running, and it had a G2 Evernote on it, okay? So that boat run about 78 miles an hour, and um, effortless to drive, okay? And, and you know, this old crooked river, man, I mean, I'm, I'm coming through the corner 74, 75 miles an hour. I come under the bridge and we're doing probably 77, 78. I'm driving no hand. I'm like, wow. this is stupid, right? You know, this don't even make sense. And um, we put the thing on the trailer and, and Keith's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, man, uh, don't take offense to this. I said, but, uh, you know, you got a boat that's pretty quick, but it handles unbelievable, you know, and, and, it, and it handles the water so well. I says, you know, normally, you know, I'm used to if I if you're if you're in a fast boat, they don't handle worth a damn, you know. Sure. And and if you got one that handles and and takes rough water, well, it's not a very fast boat. Sure. And um, so to get everything in one package, I told him, I said, man, either you're the best in the business or you're the luckiest sob in the business. <laughs> and he's like, man, I ain't gonna lie to you. He said, we got lucky. I said, well, I appreciate your honesty and and that like i said man that that sold me you know i mean it's uh it's a it's a heck of a boat um uh unfortunately you know just like everything else it's gotten to be you know it's right up there now you know but i still think we we nice, bring nice. a lot yeah. of yeah you know i still think there's a lot of things that are on a blazer that a lot of other manufacturers you know like like the fully padded front deck one thing that i found out is um we're getting a lot of guys that have had uh, back problems or disabilities um a lot of disabled veterans um and we take them out in this boat and um i'll give you an example we've got a gentleman um i think he's in illinois or indiana um tristan mccormick spent um i think two days fishing with him down there on pickwick out of that 650 of tristan's and um it's the first time that eric has been able to fish all day I mean, literally in a boat for eight hours. Normally he can get four to six hours. And, and he, you know, he's got a lot of, you know, back and leg issues and stuff like that. But that's what he, he called me. He's like, dude, this, this thing's unbelievable. He said, I've never been able to fish a full day. And so they went another day, you know. And, wow. yeah, so there's a lot of things about the boat that, you know, as far as comfort that is concerned that, you know, it um, – I think is, you know, is a big hit, you know, but I can, again, you know, like fully padded front deck. I mean, it doesn't matter where you stand on that front deck, you know, but it, it's, it's little things like that, that I think add to why this boat is 
you know, caught on so well. For you sure. Know, in the last couple of years. So, you know, and, and the resale value, man, you know, is is really, really good right now on these boats. Of course, any used boat right now. Sure, sure. You know, and, and back to your saying about people wanting to trade in boats, you know, 90, well, about 100% of all my customers, I strongly encourage them not to trade their boat in. Um, for one, it you got to wait to get a boat. All right. So you got to, you got to wait, whatever it is, four, six, seven months to get the boat anyway. It's crazy. You know, call me and I tell them, I said, look, I'll help you sell the boat. You know, I said, just, uh, um, you know, a month before the boat's ready, let's, you know, let's try to get it sold, you know, and, and, uh, or if you want to try to get it going before that, you know, a lot of guys will, will take a deposit on a boat until their boat comes in and then they turn it, you know, and there's, you know, it, 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 the used boat market, there's not a lot of used boats out there. Um, and so it, it puts everybody in a different, you know, perspective on how you've got to go about doing business. You know, I I really don't, uh, there's no sense in a guy really trading in a boat right now. You know, I mean, you're just, you're, you know, it now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's dealers out there would love to take that boat in on trade because, you know, let's get in it cheap. You know, we can turn around, make a lot of money on it. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. I, again, I take a little different approach. I, I just soon, you know, and, and I talk about it with my dealers, you know, that, that I, that I work with, you know, and, and they agree, you know, there's, you know, man, let them sell the boat. You know, if you want to help them sell the boat, you go right ahead. You know, that's no big deal. You know, because again, we're this way. Uh, now you're not tying up any of the dealership money, right? On that trade. Sure. And uh, sure. so, you know, by doing it that way, you know, I, I still think that's something that, you know, again, I think where a customer can appreciate, man, this guy's, you know, he, he's shooting me straight, you know, he's looking out for my best interest, you know, and um, uh, because man, the price of the boat's the price of the boat. It don't matter if you put trading the boat in or you're buying it outright. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. at least with me, you know, it's not like I've got two, two prices there. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, no. That's the way I do that. Man, you know, the, the biggest thing uh, the, the, that I'm hearing, um, I guess from your, your experience selling boats are kind of things that are work. I feel like in a lot of industries, but it's a, um, you know, going to the customer, putting it in their hand. Right. I don't know. Like I've, my, my dad has always taught me like selling something. If you're on, on Craigslist or, or Facebook marketplace, or whatever it is to, you know, uh, putting the money in somebody's hand, if you're looking to buy something while you're negotiating, right. It makes them be a little different about it than if you're mm-hmm. just saying numbers, same with, bringing a boat to a guy's house, putting in his garage, getting him in all that kind of stuff. So I like that thought process. Um, I like the idea too, of making sure the wife is okay with it. And, and because that's important in everything, man, I mean, selling houses, selling anything, um, yeah. yeah. decision maker when it comes down to things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I think those are all, all great things, man. It's good to hear kind of your uh, trials and tribulations of getting going through and, and selling boats. I'm glad to hear about the Blazer a lot. I've been super impressed um, hearing everything about that boat. Um, let's uh, let's dig into a little bit about the Kazi Angler Management stuff. Sure. Um, so where did this idea kind of come from for you and explain kind of what it is for folks who, who don't know what it is? Well, um, what it is is it's a very unique approach um basically to help anglers 
get to the ultimate goal, okay? Which, you know, everybody needs money to be able to go do this, okay? Um, on different, And it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, even if you're a, a BFL guy, you know, I mean, it still costs money. Now, does it cost as much to do that as go fish the Toyotas or the Opens, you know, the, the BSS Opens? No, it costs a lot more money to do that. Then the next level, you know, is is ridiculous, you know, on top of that, you know. So you got to have some funding to be able to make it happen. So um, while I was at CNO, uh, of course, you know, with Ranger, they're always going to, you've got your local pro staff guys. Okay. And um, then you, they're always going to try to stick a pro or two at your dealership. Correct. And um, so they did that. And of course, now I've got no experience with that. Right. You know, so I've got, you know, I got the, 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 the first guy I talked with was Justin Atkinson. Not, a, you know, no problem. You know, Justin was like, Hey man, this is, you know, what I'm looking to do, you know, and, and uh, we're able to, we put all that together and everything was good, you know, and, and um, um, Jason Lambert was the next guy that they, you know, they wanted me to talk to. And, and again, you know, it, it's just, I had no experience with working with those guys you know, and, um, and what it, what it takes. Okay. And then now the thing of it is, is you look at it and you think on the local level at a dealer, does that, what does that pro actually bring to the table? Okay. Sure. And, 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 and there's a couple of different ways to look at it. The, the reason why it's important in the Marine industry is you know because it's brand recognition okay you you got this guy that's running that particular boat that's brand recognition now does that guy always have the time to take a customer out on a demo or even have the opportunity to talk to um a customer at an event maybe maybe not okay and there's definitely no way of tracking that Okay, because the customer, hey, by the way, I just talked to Justin Atkins and he right. told me to give you a call. That don't always happen, right? right. Okay. Um, so there's value there, okay, because but you got to look at it a little differently. And um the local pro staff guys, you know, now they move you can tell they're moving the needle just because a lot of times that pro staff guy is going to call me and say, Hey, I got so-and-so he's going to be calling you. I gave him your number. So, I mean, it's a lot easier way to track it. Right. Sure. What happened was, as I was working with these two guys and, um, top tier guys, I mean, that's, that's the difference is the top, these top tier guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it came to a point where, you know, they had certain things that they, you know, needs, you know, things that they, you know, whether it was a, they were talking about a different engine or, Hey man, do you think you could help me out and get me a motor deal? You know? And, and so, um, it was kind of funny because Evan Rude came to me and sat down and they're like, man, you know, how did you do what you, you did so quick with the Ranger boats in this market? And I told him, you know, this is how we did it. You know, I said, we assembled a, a, a good pro staff team and, I think that, you know, people paid attention to those guys and, and, you know, this is, this is how we did it. And I, you know, went through the whole thing. It was a long conversation and, and um, they're like, can you do that for us? Okay. Well, yeah, but you got to be under, understand. I'm going to be taking guys out of, you know, different products, Yamaha and Mercury, you know, that got deals, you know, if you're willing to, you know, match those deals and, you know, I'm sure we can make this happen. So, you know, they, they talked about it, man. Yeah. Let's, let's make this happen. So 
we put guys in Evan Rings. And the, I went ahead and got Justin and, and Jason both Evan deals that were in really good deals, actually. And, yeah. um, you know, and um, Justin Atkins basically um, called me one day, you know, and he's like, man, and I and I and I had a, a, a contract basically with CNO, you know, where I had to work there. And, and, and Justin's like, man, you know, you need to do this full time. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, I've never been around anybody that works as hard as you do, you know, for guys like me. You know, he says, and, you know, he, he appreciated everything that I did for him with getting that Evan Rude and everything else that I had done for him while he was, you know, at CNO and with Ranger. And um, even when the Ranger thing was coming undone with him and Lambert, you know, I was, you know, talking to, you know, Scott Arms in their behalf, you know, going, hey, you know, we got to, what do we got to do? We got to keep this guy. You know, I, you send me these guys, you know, and basically a year later, you know, you're changing up their boat deals and, you know, now, you know, and, and I'm on, I'm in all kinds of uncharted water now. Right. You know, cause I'm For trying sure. to, you know, save their boat deals, trying to work with them, work with the manufacturer. And um, of course, didn't get neither one of those worked out. And that's, you know, Justin went on the Falcon and, and yeah. uh, you know, Jason moved on to Triton at that point, um, okay. which is all good. But what I was getting at is he's the one that basically put the idea in my head. And, you know, about a guy like me, you know, trying to help them get deals. And um, an agent, being a, being yeah, a sports yeah, agent. Yeah, yeah, kind of an agent, a manager, you know, just a guy that, that's there to help. And um, so as we as I discussed it with a lot of my pro staff guys that, you know, local guys and and um, they're like, yeah, dude, you know what? This needs to happen, you know. And um, so as time was winding down. Mm-hmm there at CNO, that's when we decided, well, let's, let's try this. And, and we did a few things to kind of see, you know, if, if it would be beneficial. We, we basically, you know, had, we sent, you know, we had a lead. Okay. Basically let's call it, you know, with a certain company and we, we would send an angler there to have the meeting. Well, to see how good it went. Right. And so we did some piloting and things like that to see where the mistakes are made. And good idea, you know, and the fact of it is, is um, it's hard for an angler. Okay. And and it's not that they don't have the ability. It's just, man, these guys are busy. Okay. You, especially the, the top touring pros, man, they're busy. Um, their life is not everybody, man, I wish I could fish professionally. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> because I mean, it's, you know, I've been there with these guys. I mean, it's, 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 it's a grind. Um, so for them to be able to go in there and have the adequate information, sometimes they take way too much information. Um, and when you're talking to a, a non-endemic company, they get lost in those numbers. They don't understand them. Um, you know, and the thing of it is, is sometimes an angler may go in too low with a number. They don't recognize their audience. Okay. And, all of a sudden, if if that company, let's say company's thinking, you know, to do to do something in this sport, they're thinking it's going to, you know, 150, 200,000. You go in there at 50. Now you're laughable. You know, you, you so you got to know the audience again, you know, um, and and would a company spend that kind of money on one angler? It depends. Right. But what we did is we took it to a different, a, 
a, a whole different approach. Okay. Basically, we we've got three tiers of anglers. We've got your national tier, you know, which is your touring professionals. We've got a regional group, and then we've got a local group. Okay, and and these guys are spread out all over the country. Okay, and what that does is is if you take a company that wants to have maybe a national um they want to be on the national level they want a big broad scope but they would also like to have some local help well In pockets of the country yeah, what happens is then is we take that same amount of money and instead of if let's say a company's willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars and we can actually give them three or four anglers for that you understand what I'm saying? So now they are getting more exposure um, for the same amount of money. Um, you know, and, and what we do is we try to team it up with the right guys, you know, for what that company's looking for. Um, and, and the thing of it is, is in, in this industry, you got to have guys that, um, that understand that, you know, that I call it the 90, 10 rule. Um, and the thing of it is, there's, I'm not the only one that thinks like that. There's, you know, I sat down in front of, you know, uh, Boyd Duckett, and he said the exact same thing. You know, he, you know, it's it, 10% is what you do on the water, 90% is what you do off the water. You know, you use that 10% of being on the water to do what the real job is, which is off the water. You know, some guys just, you know, they, they work all the time, you know. Um, yeah, you know, it just, it, it that's what you got. You got to be willing you got to be wired a little bit differently to do that. Okay. Um, when the fishing season is over, that doesn't mean you just quit, right? You still got to be active on social media. You still got to be, you know, uh, doing things, you know, if you, if you're going to fish year round, you know, fish, um, you know, I've got guys that, um, well, well you take like Cody Meyer, for example, you know, he, sure. He, he never really stops. Okay. You know, he'll be out there fishing, you know, that out there, that Western series, you know. Yeah, just the Western um, stuff. Yeah, 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 he'll be out there doing that, you know, down there on Clear Lake and, and things like that. You know, the guy never stops. So that's you know, you gotta be kind of wired that way. Um, and if you're not wired that way, then I, there's really not a whole lot I can I can do for you. You know, I mean it's just uh um this is a um a, a way of guaranteeing a company that you're gonna do um you know what that contract says okay um it, or, there's too many things in this industry that are just uh, done by emails and you know over the phone and 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 then all of a sudden the guy gets dropped or his pay gets cut and he's like well i don't get it you know and well what were you supposed to do you know <laughs> and 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 so you know and i and i've gotten that from a lot of companies and it's, it's really bad in the inside the fishing world you know inside you know the the endemic companies that's that's the ones that um you know, it, it, that's the ones that that um, haven't conformed to making sure, you know, they keep up with it. OK, um, but if there's again, man, you're not going to go buy a vehicle or a boat without signing something. Right. You know, they're not going to. Oh, hey, by the way, there's your vehicle. Just, you know, every month you you, you want to send us some, you know, send us a check, you know, for sure. that. It doesn't happen that way. Right. No. You sign a document. No. Right. You're on the hook, man. When you sign something you're more likely to make sure that happens. Okay. So with our approach, again, it's, we we're looking after, you know, the anglers uh, best interest as, as well as our business partners that we're partnering up with. Okay. This is a partnership. 
And all my guys look at it this way. And what's really cool about this whole deal is, let's say you've got an angler that is sponsored by XYZ company and he puts a post out there. Okay. Well, the rest of the guys on the team, man, they'll share that post. They'll kick it out there. So now it's even going out even farther. This so cool. this thing, yeah, this thing just, you know, it's spreading all over the place. So now you're getting, you know, that's, you know, that's the objective. You want to get that company's name out in front of as many people as you can, you know? And so, um, and, and as far as, you know, the companies, you know, we offer them a, you know, a pretty extensive list of things that we bring to the table for them, you know, um, besides the boat and the truck wraps, you know, there's, you know, they can, they can have the angler, uh, at their disposal, you know, to show up at different, their business yes. or different location. Yeah. You know, things like that. You know, if they want to go fishing with, with one of the guys, um, that's part of it. You know, um, they want to, like I said, go to the tournaments, uh, be behind the scenes, meet the anglers, go on the water, you know, cause again, I'll take my boat to a lot of the events and, or some of the other pro staff guys that, you know, especially the local guys, if it's a close event, you know, they'll go. Um, we'll, we'll throw people in their boats, you know. We do a lot of – we try to do a lot of uh, film and pictures and stuff like that on the water, just building content for our guys. You know, what we do for the anglers is um, basically what happens is I'm, I'm involved in – and it, we pretty much talk every day. Every one of my guys, you know, I mean, we wow. talk, yeah, we talk quite a bit, um, you know, because, you know, the younger guys, man, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, purely fishing questions, to, uh, career moves to, you know, man, I got girlfriend issues, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> you never know. Um, but um, the thing of it is, is, uh, you know, what we try to do is we try to give them tournament support, meaning, that, you know, um, if they need something, they can't get done in the service yard. If I'm not there, you know, they pick up the phone, they're calling me. I'm tracking it down, getting stuff, you know, overnighted to them to get the stuff there. If I'm at the event, this is where I really learned how the, the, the guys that are out there doing it, man, they just don't have time. Okay. I mean, you take a guy that does good in an event. By the time he's done weighing in, okay, he's got there's somebody there, you know, with a microphone in his face. OK, it's, you know, it, it, there's a couple hours of time that's going to go by. He's still got to go to the service yard. OK, he's then got to go back to the hotel or the campground or wherever he's staying. Try to get his tackle ready and a boat ready for the next day. OK, so, you know, it, by the time they're getting to bed, you know, they got to eat. You know, we still we haven't even eat dinner yet. You know, so you got to do that. Right. And you guys still got to get up the next morning and go do it again. So. When I'm at these events, you know, man, I'm there. I, I do whatever I can do to help them out, man. Whether it's if I'm, you want me to put on new line, I'm putting on new line. If you know, if I need to go, if we're up there on Lake Erie or we're at a place like that, and you know, you got to go through the boat, you know, hit every nut, bolt, screw there is, right. you know, whatever it takes, right? You know, and to make sure he's ready for the next day. So you know, we bring we bring that to the table for the angler. Um, you know, we we assist them with. Uh, getting rid of their boats um, you know the way I've got it set up with these guys they all have their own angler packages that we build um, we've got a team one that we can send out to companies if they're interested in looking at multiple anglers and then we have individual um, packages for each one of our guys and and they've got and they've got that at their disposal 
So if they, you know, if they, they bump into somebody, you know, and, and the guy is interested in their career, uh, that company's interested, they've got something that they can email off to that, to them, you know, and, uh, um, you know, we do quarterly reports for all of our guys. Um, even though some sponsors don't require it, we send it to every sponsor. It's been a big hit. Um, we, you know, it, it's precise. I sent you, you know, a copy of, of a couple yeah. of them to see what they yeah. look like. You know, it kind of gives the company an idea of what, you know, what the guys are doing. And, you know, um, you know, so they know what their money's going for, you know, and um, because everything is return on investment. Right. You know, and um, it's it's fairly when you when you see those reports, you know, however much money you were invested in a guy, you can you can pretty much do the math and know what you know, your your return on investment, you know, as far as impressions are concerned and things like that, just on the social media side of things. Sure. Um, you know, my guys that uh, they uh, they all realize, you know, in the contracts that, you know, they're supposed to be doing this, this, this and this. Um, for the most part, most of my guys go above and beyond that. You know, um, they don't uh, um, if if somebody calls them, say, hey, you know, can you do a video? Well, man, I've already done the six I'm supposed to do. You don't ever hear that. You know, they're like, yeah, man, ain't no problem. Let's knock it out, you know. And then what I'll do, too, is is the guys that I can get to that, you know, of course, you've got guys all over the country. But a lot of times, if I can get with them and spend some time, we'll shoot a lot of content in this way, and they'll have it at their disposal, too. Because, again, man, you know, yeah, they, they're they they're busy. You know, I mean, it, sometimes they just, you know, they don't have, you know, there's there's going to be uh, a few months, you know, out in the year that, you know, it's 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 hard for them to, to, to sit down and, and, and put together a good, you know, video or a post or something like that. So we try to we try to make sure that they have stuff that where they can, you know, they can put it out there, you know. Um, and like I said, it's 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 something that we feel like we, you know, we, we're benefiting we're trying to help these guys do what they do, you know, and um, I'm passionate about it. You know, I, I love this industry. Um, I'm glad that, you know, we've got companies outside of the fishing industry that are, you know, trying to get in and, uh, and wanting to get in, um, you know, and, and it's opening the doors up to, you know, uh, a new form of advertising for these companies, you know, and, 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 and don't get me wrong with, with organizations like, you know, Bass and, major league fishing and, you know, with some of the new network contracts that they've got and things like that, you know, it, it's going to take it to a different level, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, there's a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of negative stuff about the bass fishing industry, but man, it seems like right now, anyway, to me, things are moving and grooving. We've got growth in a lot mm -hmm. of situations and that helps everybody. Yep. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, and I like the thought process of doing a grouped angler approach like you're doing, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, especially for approaching some of those non-endemics, right? Of saying, look, here's what we can offer you as a package. Right. And generally, right, that's where your more your your higher income potential is. Sure. All the endemic right. sponsors see everybody. It's, that's a, right. it's, it's a different world on those non-endemics. Mm -hmm. Takes well, a lot it, of careers. It's like this this Chris or not insurance company. Okay, it's it's an Ohio based company. But they're licensed and they've got offices throughout the southeast down here. Okay. So as we were talking about talking to them, they were trying to grow their Tennessee market, you know, there's market in South Carolina, they got, you know, down in Florida, you know. So we basically packaged up guys to handle those areas. Okay. Um, you know, because the thing of it is, is when we put when we finally get all the schedules and everything like that, you know, I mean. 
when you look at the entire team as a whole, and we're, you know, we're touching anywhere from 19 to 25 states sometimes, you know, that's pretty good reach. Okay. You know, most of the guys are going to, you know, 25,000 miles a year is probably going to be a low number for most of them. Right. And that's boat and truck. You know, that don't count that. And I think that's where a lot of guys are missing the boat too. I think the truck's worth more than the boat as far as sponsorships concerned, because when these guys are home, it's not like that truck sits. Man, if they go to the grocery store, you know, they're going out there, they're driving their truck. There's probably more value in that truck than there is on the boat. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, and, and if we can ever get the industry to where it's a little more standardized, if that makes sense. Right. You know, um, which probably, I don't know if it'll ever happen because you're always going to have that guy that's going to go ahead and, and, you know, wrap the boat in the truck, you know, and he's going to do it for 7,500 bucks, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's just part of it, you know, now, you know, pays for his own wrap on the boat and you're just like, yeah, yeah. You know, I I've had that, you know, I'm like, really, you paid for the wrap and you put the company on it. I'm like, okay, that's you're getting product. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's not good. So, you know, it would be nice if we could, you know, that, if, you know, everybody, you know, throughout the industry, you know, if, you know, if it's a spot like that size, you know, on, on your Jersey right here, wherever this side <laughs> on the Jersey, you know, if it was worth X amount of dollars, you know, and, and, and as far as the pros were concerned, everybody charged that. Right. And, um, which, you know, there's people in the fishing industry right now going, Oh my gosh, you know, they're cringing because they don't want, you know, they may not want to sure. it have to be a, a number that everybody could afford. Right. It's got to work for everybody. Right. And this, it would have to be a league thing too, because it, it I mean, be you look at, I mean, like a, a patch this big on Edwin Evers versus, you know, someone else is a lot different. Well, yeah, yeah. And again, that's the reason why you've got three different regions. I mean, three yeah. different tiers, right. Tiers, you know, because sure. you've got, you've got the national touring pros, you've got the, the the open guys okay because it still costs quite a bit for a guy you know man most of your open guys are you know they're working class guys right you know they're working they're taking the time off you know just to try to fish three to maybe six events man that's still a lot of money okay you know but again we can get anglers that money to, to help them you know go do that you know to try to reach the next level um and there still can be some standardization in there you understand. Um, but I like agree. I said, that's, that's just stuff that, you know, is, is going to come, you know, this thing is ever evolving, you know? Um, I mean, we get, um, you know, something else that we do and, and I do take a lot of pride in this. I love working with the, you know, the, the younger guys, you know, the, the, the junior high high school guys, um, you know, like you take Krista McCormick, which, you know, if people out there don't know, you know, we just won the, you know, Bethel college, Bethel yeah. university. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just won the the collegiate bracket down there is going to be, you know, gets gets a got an invitation to fish the Bassmaster Classic this, you know, in March. Um, going to be in all nine of the BSS Opens. He's going to think he's gonna, we're going to fish four uh, Toyota events. But started working with Tristan when he was in high school. Okay, you know, and uh, while I was out there at CNL, that's how I met Tristan. And um, you know, he's like a. I mean, you know, we talked two or three times a day, you know, um, and and brought him along to teach him. Uh, he's got all the talent in the world, okay? But um, I'm, I'm going to tell a funny story on it. Made him, make him, made him work a boat shell, okay? 
and uh, it was downtown Nashville, and and he was just, I mean, hell, I, I didn't even know he was there, okay? You know, I mean, I was just like, come on, bro. Yeah. And then um, the classic over in Knoxville, um, Ranger and Triton, Nitro, they asked, um, you know, if we would come over there, even though it wasn't in our territory, but, you know, wanted us to come over and, and, and work the booths. And so um, I had a couple of my guys, you know, we all went over there, and, and Tristan um, – was actually come, you know, he was actually had an event over there or something. And, and so he, he came by and he spent another day with us and all that. But it was kind of funny because, you know, Tristan's a tall guy. And uh, yeah. so the Ranger booth was kind of like on the, like in a, the corner. Okay. And he went and stood behind a 521L with the, in between the power pole and the motor. That's where he was standing in the back back there. And I was like, dude, so I went back. I'm like, no, 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 and that's not how this works, man. You come right up here in the front with me, buddy. You know, yeah. and um, um, you know, he he's a very uh, he was shy. That's all, you know. And I knew if we could ever get him out of that and get him to where he just, you know, he was comfortable, um, we'd have something. And man, uh, when he when he got over that, uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's really cool to watch a young guy like that mature into something that um, in my opinion, it, it, he's going to be that guy, you know, we've got, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. He's going to, he's going to, he's got the, he's got the right work ethic. Um, You know, the, the companies that, you know, we've had him paired up with for the last couple of years, you know, love him. Um, He's, you know, he's got some exciting things coming up, you know, this year. Um, you know, we didn't really plan on what what's going on, you know, that um, I told him, I said, man, we had a plan. You know, <laughs> we had a plan. You went and messed it up. I went in the bracket. You know, now we've got to we got to reboot. And we got to everything's changing, you know, and for um, sure. For sure. Um, a lot of things change when you win. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot and, of things you're and, obligated to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, so, you know, yeah. knowing him, you know, and, and how how all this, you know, he if he, you know, and going to Hartwell, you know, it's a good lake for him. OK, so. You know, if he ends up doing something miraculous there, golly, man, it's, you know, it's going to a whole new set of problems that we're going to have. Right. You That's know, exactly so, right. yeah, but, it, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Good, we'll, good problem we'll to have. Good yeah. Problem. Oh, a good problem to have. Yeah. Good problem to have. But but so, you know, what's happened is a lot of people realize, you know, what what we what we've done, you know, with Tristan. And um, so now we've got other younger guys that are coming into the mix, you know, and, um, I'm always meeting with parents and, and, um, you know, talking to, you know, especially when it's on the high school kids, you know, the biggest thing is making sure they go to college when they're in college. That was one thing, like when I met with Tristan's parents, when we were decided that we were going to try to really work with Tristan, um, you know, his getting his degree and finishing, you know, at Bethel was, um, was priority number one. Okay. You know, we were not, you know, no matter what happened in the fishing world, um, that was going to happen. And we stuck to that plan. And, um, so now, you know, now it's ready to go, you know, um, with the, with the plan of, you know, him taking on, uh, starting his professional career. But, uh, you know, so that, that's part of this job that is, is really rewarding you know, as far as that goes, is getting, yeah, yeah, getting to work, you know, and, and you're kind of giving back with some of these young guys too, you know what I'm saying? And, and we get involved with a lot of charitable events and things like that, you know, 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm the world's worst about telling people no. You know, I just, uh, I, I try to make sure that everybody, if, if somebody needs, you know, help, whether it's, you know, raising donations or product or, or things like that, you know, um, uh, I try to, I try to help out, you know, as far as that goes. So, um, and when, like I said, when it comes to the, these younger guys and gals that are, that are coming up, you know, if, uh, if they're willing to put in the work and, and listen, um, you know, and, and the ultimate goal there is just to, um, it's not to teach them how to be a, a professional angler or, or anything like that. It's, it's the ultimate goal is just try to teach them how to do the pro staff part the right way. Okay. You know, cause that's where it starts, man. You know, you, if you, if you can't help out a local dealer and you can't uh, do it the right way, then you're, you're not going to make it anyways. I don't, you know, I mean, you can only get so far on your fishing ability, right. You know, and, and when you take these young guys and they're part of this group, you know, cause angler management, but what's kind of cool about this is, is everybody here in, in our organization, they get along and they talk to each other. Okay. You know, we got a freaking fantasy football league that we're all in. You know, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and of course, Cody Meyer, you know, kicks everybody is, you know, <laughs> that guy knows more about fantasy football than, I mean, you know, I was just like, wow. Yeah. That's and, awesome. uh, oh yeah. He's, he's eat up with it. But the point to that is, you know, you take a young guy like a Tristan McCormick or a Will Norton, um, any of these younger guys that are in the program, and they have the opportunity that they can pick up the phone and, and call a guy like a Braxton Setzer or a, a you know, Cody Meyer, you know, and, and, and talk to him, you know, man, not a lot of guys can do that. Okay. Yeah, so you're creating a, a winning environment, a learning environment. Well, absolutely. You know, and, um, you know, and, and so again, you know, these guys, everybody works together, you know, and we're, you know, we're basically all, you know, pulling the rope the same direction, you know, we think we got a good thing, you know, and, and again, like, like I said, when it, what's really kind of cool about it is, is when it, when it comes to these other companies, you know, they're, they don't realize the benefit that they get. They may be spending their money with this angler or these two anglers, but they got 10 other guys down below, you know, around them that are putting that content out there as well, you know, and, and what you'll find is a lot of times these guys will, um, you know, end up using, uh, that same product, you know, um, we get, I like working with some, I like start, I like working with some of these younger companies too. I mean, that's kind of cool. You know, you, you, some of these companies will contact us and, you know, and, and, and ask about what we're doing, you know, they've heard about us, whatever. And, um, it's kind of cool to help grow their business, you know? Yeah. And, Significant um, process. you know, yeah. and, and without, without doing it, without going, hey, you know, everybody needs a deal. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's not that at all. If, um, we don't ever, you know, we don't go into that and go, if a company says, Hey man, you know, man, we'd love to have everybody on your team running our batteries or whatever, you know, um, you know, if they want to, if, if they want to offer the guys a discount, man, that's great. You know, um, we don't go in there and demand it, you know, um, at, at all. You know, because they've already done something for one of our guys, if that makes sense. You sure. Know I mean? So, um, but like I said, so far, you know, with companies like that, that's, that's, you know, another thing that's pretty rewarding is to watch, um, you know, those companies grow. And, and the thing of it is, 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 is when it comes to the academic side of things, you got me. Okay. All right. And then I got this dual role between boat guy, you know, and, yep. and I was the management guy. 
So, you know, some of these companies, you know, um, I can help, you know, get into other dealerships, you know, um, tackle stores, you know, things like that, you know, and um, um, basically all the companies get me for free, if that makes sense, you know, sure. you sure. know, and, and, and people are going, well, how do you get paid, you know, and that's, you know, and that's one of the things with some of the, the endemic companies are like, man, I don't really want to talk to you. Well, why not? You know, it's going to cost me more. No, it, no. Yeah. I get paid by the angler. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's how that works. Um, sure. you know, the dollar amount is a dollar amount. You know, I basically, um, you know, I get a percentage is, is how that works. That's how this company, uh, you know, does what nice. it does, yeah. you know? Um, and then, and, and then, you know, what I do is, you know, if, um, out of whatever I get, you know, I try to, if, it, you know, if it's, if, if, if it's in the budget, basically, if there's enough funds there, you know, I'll, I'll do stuff like I'll get hats made up. I'll get shirts made up, stuff like that, that we can give away. Okay. You know, at, at events and things like that. And I always take some of that, that product and go back to the company and give that, give it to them, you know, stickers, hats, sweatshirts, whatever. And this way they can give away too. And again, this is all about branding, right? That's, that's all we're trying to do here. We're trying to brand trying to grow businesses so um you know it's it's like i said it's i'm pretty sure we're you know i don't know i think we got something that's pretty unique you know At, oh dude yeah no it's yeah. It, it sounds unique and uh, i love the concept i love all the all the things you've done so far i'm glad to see it going and i hope it it uh continues to grow for you and and you mm -hmm. guys keep finding endemics and non-endemics um kind of to wrap things up here um I like to have all the guests at the end of the episode go through your biggest largemouth, smallmouth, and spotted bass, where you were when you caught them, man. It's kind of funny. Okay, so my biggest largemouth was just a little over 11 pounds. And, yeah, yeah and, and funny little story. I had a guy, and um, basically – Every year, there used to be a big Budweiser tournament down here on the river, okay? And um, this guy owned a bar, okay? And um, this was back when uh, I had a remodeling company, so I used to do payroll at this bar anyways. And um, so he'd been after me. He's like, man, his name was Butch. He's like, man, I, I want to go fishing. I've, I haven't been fishing since I left Florida. Man, I want to go. I want to go. So I'm like, you know what, man? We're going to go. So, like an idiot, I decided to go the day before the Budweiser tournament, which was all I was going to do was, you know, I hadn't, it, we were flipping bushes. And when it came to flipping bushes back on Kentucky Lake, I didn't pre-fish, you know. I mean, I knew what, I knew my bushes. And um, so, I decided, man, we're just, we're going to go, I'm going to have, we're going to have a good time, you know. And, and man, we were, man, we were just catching, you know, 13 to 16 inch fish like they're going on style, just bucks everywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, I mean, I would, normally I would be flipping a jig or, you know, at that time, but double wide sweet beaver, you know, because man, I just want five bites, but I want them to be quality. And, uh, yep. Yep. We're flipping, you know, just small beavers and, you know, they're like, stink, you know, setting the hook, man, just we're catching them just left and right. Bucks in the bucket and, bush. Yeah. And, you know, normally when a big bass in a bush, you know, that time of year, normally they just kind of sit on it. 
you know, and it, it almost feels like you just got a wet sock on there. Right. And all of a sudden it went think and I went Doof! and the bush went Woof! and I was like, oh gosh. And all of a sudden he come up and he's like, oh my gosh. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, no. You know, and I'm like, you know, she come and I just flipped her and brought her up and wow. he's like, oh my gosh, that's the biggest bass. I'm like, dude, you're from Florida. And he's like, I've never seen a bass that big. So we waited. It was just a little over 11. And I was like, he's like, man, you really needed that kind of fish for tomorrow, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, man, I know I need that fish for tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, put her back, you know, and never to catch her again, you know. And I was like, okay, so that was the biggest bass. Up until that point, I had a 9-8, which I called him Wilson. And uh, wow. now, here's where it gets interesting. Biggest spot, biggest smallmouth came on the same day. No way. Where at? Barron River Lake in Kentucky. Okay, never heard of Kentucky. Um, we were down there, and what it was is I had a uh, Tennessee team trail back in the day. We used to, it, 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 I can't remember how many, was it a hundred boats? I don't remember, man. They had a cutoff, but it was a club deal, you know, but a big, pretty good size club. This was in the mid 90s. Yeah. And um, went up there, had, had a fish off up there, and, and won it. Okay, and um, come back home and fished another trail down here called Custom Tackle. Um, Bob McCamey actually, who's part of Mud Hole, you know, fishing. Um, that was his, he had a place called um, Custom Tackle down here in Shovel, Tennessee, and built rods and sold tackle. And, and he had this pretty good tournament trail. Um, and you would fish Tim's Ford all year long. So, man, you suffered fishing Tim's Ford, but then the fish off, he'd always send you to a mystery lake. So that was cool. That is cool. But yeah. So Wednesday, before that tournament, he announces the lake. He's already got your hotel reserved, reserved and all that. So we all show up at the store and he's like, you know, he's he's like, man, guys, uh, I'm going to a lake that I'm pretty sure that none of y'all have been to in years, you know, nobody thinks about going there. He's all geeked up about it, you know, and and he announced the lake. And he said, we're going to Barron River Lake in Glasgow, Kentucky. And one of the guys, uh, Jeff Godshaw, uh, he's passed away, God rest his soul, um, good friend of mine. Uh, he called me Wormy. And he's like, well, hell, Wormy's already been there. He just won a tournament there last week. And Bob's <laughs> like, are you serious? He said, John, did you? I'm like, yeah. You know, he's like, ah, oh, man. So we go to Barron River Lake. Now, you understand, this is late October. Um, you know, it's fall fishing and, you know, everybody's burning the banks, man. You could, man, you could run a spinner bait down any bank and, you know, you're going to catch, you know, just, you know, measuring fish, you know, non-measuring fish. But I had found something the week prior, um, and I was fishing 25, 30 foot of water. Oh, wow. Um, you know, broke off timber down there on the main river channel and throwing a, throwing a jig and just, it was half ounce, you know, cause back then, man, you know, I mean, we didn't have no three quarter ounce football heads and all that kind of stuff, you know, man, it's just half ounce. Throwing a half ounce jig, you know, and you just, you know, letting her go and get down there and you, you know, and, and doing your thing. And, um, so during the practice, the guy, this was a team tournament, the second one here. Okay. And, um, the thing of it was, is my partner, uh, he was like, Oh, we, we need to be, you know, fishing the bank, fishing the bank, you know, and, and so we did. And um lo and behold, at it was about 9 30. He's like, Man, all right, I'm sick of this. He said, Show me what you know. 
He said, take me to some of the spots that you want to fish. I'm like, okay. So we took off. And I'm like, now look, man, I said, this spot here sets up just like what I what I what I fished last week. I said, but I haven't fished it yet. He's like, okay. So basically I told him what to do. And we may, we're basically throwing in a bluff wall, but we're we're a cast away. And yeah. and this was a little secondary bend in one. And we're going down through there and all of a sudden, don't I set the hook and like, oh five and three quarter pound spotted bass biggest wow, spot of the that time. is a right. almost six pound spot that's crazy yeah, man right Big so spot. should have probably had it checked because i don't even know what the kentucky state record is and yeah. um so basically i grabbed this spot and i'm like look at this so i mean now you can understand a half ounce jig back in the day with zoom the big chunk you remember the you know the old nasty yeah yeah and um this thing's got a crawfish that's sticking out of his goozle that, you know, that the pinchers on it were, you know, a couple inches long. I'm thinking this fish ain't hungry. You know, he's just killing stuff, you know, and um, just butterball grotesque looking. Right. So yeah. put that fish back in the water. And then my partner. Why did you put him in the water? You didn't put him in your live well? It, we were practicing. Oh, no. This another practice giant. Yeah, this is another practice giant. Yeah. All right. So we go and he's like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go check out, you know, some other stuff. And so I took him to another area just below my, my main area. And um, we pulled in there and he catches a small mouth about five pounds. And um, I was like, you still want to fish? He said, let's make a couple more casts. I throw out there seven and a quarter small mouth. Yeah. Wow. And I caught that small mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So basically um i took that fish off you know i weighed it and, and put it back and he's like at this point it's about and i don't even think it's 11 o'clock yet he's like you know what kyle he said let's put the damn boat on the trailer he says we don't need to fish no more i said no, i agree you know and we won the tournament that was not a you know that we won awesome. yeah, yeah i mean now granted we didn't get to catch them all on a jig we um we actually caught a few fish you know throwing a one ounce nickel spinnerbait down deep you know, we kind of when the bite slowed down a little bit, but yeah, we. What was funny about it, it was a one day event, and we put our money in to fish. There was a local event going on that same day, but they had a six fish limit, and ours was only five. Mm-hmm. And um, but we ended up winning both tournaments, which is kind of cool. Wow, so, yeah. five. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of kind of cool. Um, only lake I've ever been to that I've never lost a tournament. So that's kind of funny. I said, there you go. <laughs> Boy, you need to get back to that one. Yeah, that's no awesome. kidding. But uh, yeah, so my largest spot and my largest smallmouth came on the same day. That's you know? special, dude. I haven't heard mm-hmm. that yet. I've interviewed a lot of people. I have not heard of being on the same day on the same, yeah, on the same cool. day. Yeah, so. that's but awesome. it was a practice day too. So of you know. course, yeah. Then it hurts yeah. you. Yeah, and actually, I had an opportunity to catch. Uh, I actually had a largemouth on a couple years ago. Um, that was bigger than that eleven pounder that I actually caught on Kentucky Lake. Wow! I just didn't know I hooked a fish. That was my own my own problem. My wife and I were fishing a tournament down there on Gunnersville, and, and um, it was. I had worked that day, and we didn't even have nothing ready. It was in February, and. Um, I mean, we, we left, I got like an hour and a half of sleep and woke up and we drove down to Goose Pond and walked in and everybody's like, man, you on them? And I'm like, dude, I'm on an hour and a half of sleep and I ain't even on my jacket, you know, and it's raining and, you know, and I don't even, it's cold and I don't even want to go, you know, and I sign up and I asked the guy, you know, I was like, oh, 
28 or 29 or something like that. And, and I was like, man, I don't, do I, do I have to go through check-in line? I mean, can you check my boat? You know, and like, what are you saying? I'm like, dude, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going out to a quick rain. And I said, you know, I'm just, again, this was a club deal that me and my wife fished, you know, and, and uh, he's like, man, cause I ain't worried about you. He said, just send me a text when you do get on the water. So I know you're on the water. And I'm like, that's cool, man. You know, so um, I watched them all blast off and the rain quits about 30 minutes later and she's like you want to put the boat in the water i'm like yeah let's go so we uncover it and we we drop the boat and, and i had basically a milk run set up so i was going to run north of the comer bridge i had four spots i was going to fish on my way back right adam and and uh as soon as i come out of the chute there goose pond it starts raining and i'm yeah, like man. yeah this is not good so i just i pull into my first spot and she's like, I thought we were going to start. And I'm like, I'm not running in the rain. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm cold. I'm, I don't, I'm too old for this. You know? Tired. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, she's like, what are we going to do? I said, well, I said, we're going to fish. There's eelgrass comes out on this point right here. So let's just, you know, throw these traps. And, and we basically fished, oh man, probably 200 yards of bank all day. But we kept catching fish, man. These fish were coming out of the river. And every fish we were catching was white, you know. And, and it set up to be one of those magical type of days. And, um. I, I made this long cast at the end of this boat dock and right up against where the, the last post was and there that pea gravel. Okay. And so imagine a rattle trap basically hitting the edge of the water and I turn the handle like twice. And what happened was it basically, it loaded up. When I flipped it over, when I, when I kind of pulled back a little bit, I thought I flipped it. Um, what happened was the entire time I thought I had a turtle home is what it was. And uh, about halfway back to the boat, because my wife's like, do I need to get in? I'm like, no, I foul hooked a turtle. I said, I seen the belly when I flipped it over. And um, about halfway back to the boat, this thing starts. I felt the head shaking. It was, you know, I was like, oh boy. And so I'm just kind of, you know, keeping pressure, reeling. She comes out, she comes around the front of the boat and she comes at the top of the water. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this fish is, you know, it's giant. It's over 11. You know, I don't, oh. you know, it's 12 somewhere in that ballpark. You know, she makes one more run down and she starts coming up. And I told my wife, I said, you know, get the net. She's coming up. And she got about three foot from the net and the rattle trap come out. And and the fish actually traps, man. Oh, well, here's, traps. yeah, but you gotta understand something. That's my fault. I never set the hook. You gotta understand yeah, when that man. when I I made them I, I turned the handle two or three times and and it loaded up and when I kind of pulled back, all I seen was that orange belly. She was laying up in that church, so her belly was orange. Wow. I thought it was a turtle. That's my fault. You know, I mean, I just never set the damn hook. And um, but long story short, you know, we won the tournament. We had uh, five that weighed. I don't know. It was right at 30 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Imagine with 11 or 12 pounder mixed in. Never, never got in the bag. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, and we didn't have big fish at that tournament. We just had, you know, we just had uh, five brothers, you know, you know, sisters. I mean, they were all, you know, all within just a few, few ounces of each other. Right. That's so yeah, that could have, that could have been a magical day, you know, <laughs> so yeah. had about 36 pounds probably, you know, but uh you know, again, wasn't bad for an hour and a half of sleep and no. Heck yeah. yeah. Taking your time getting yeah. out of the water too. Good yeah. for you. Get lucky every now and then. I'd rather yeah. be lucky than good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, John, dude, man, thanks for coming on, taking a lot of time up, you know, of your evening. So I really oh, appreciate you oh, coming really, on. Man. I've enjoyed it. Everything, um, yep. That you got going. Um, man, if, if guys have any uh, questions for you or anything to follow you, what's the best way to get a hold of you with, with everything you got going? Man, it, the best way to do it is probably just, you know, send me a text, call me on my phone. Man, my phone's always on. Um, if I don't answer, you know, leave a voicemail and, um, or send me a text and I'll, I'll get back with you. And, and, um, I don't mind giving out my number. It's on my Facebook page, you know, but it's area code 615-416-4885. Um, you know, call me, you know, you've got questions, um, you know, how you get involved in a program like this. Um, again, we, it's one of those things I, I usually try to have 20 to 30 hours worth of, uh, phone conversations before I actually decide I'm going to actually work with somebody. So, um, you know, because you, you got to be, you know, we want the right person, you know, for that. Um, but, you know, by all means, you know, you're more than welcome to call me with, uh, with any, you know, anything like that. And, and, and for guys that we don't even uh, represent, you know, basically under contract, you know, we put together angling packages for um, other guys out there that fish professionally or, or, um, you know, uh, even locally, you know, to, to, that they can use. Um, basically, it, it's just a set fee where they, you know, they pay to have a, a presentation uh, put together that they can actually send out to ademic and non-ademic companies, and, and and we do that for guys. Um, if guys want quarterly reports done um, that uh, we don't represent, we'll 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 do that as well. You know, as long as you give us the the ways and means to track your social media, we can put together a quarterly report for you. You know, and um, and and we'll we'll do that. Well, actually, you get four reports plus you get a you get a fifth one at the very end of the year that kind of recaps everything. Okay, so basically you get five reports. And like I said, you know if anybody's interested in anything like that, by all means, man, we're here to help. Awesome. So, yep. Great guys. Well, you guys can follow along there. I'll also put the links to your Facebook page uh, in all of our YouTube and, and podcast stuff for guys. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we well, appreciate you coming on, John. And dude, have a good evening. You too, and, buddy. All right, man. We'll take you it enjoy easy. that nice weather out in Colorado, and I'll I'll do it. Yeah, with don't worry. Well, I'm gonna. I'm probably what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go down to Alabama, and then I'm gonna come back to a snowstorm or something. Yeah, right? I hear you. Yeah. Well, good luck down there in Alabama, man. Thank okay. you, man. I'll let you know how I end up. All right, brother. We'll take care, right, man. Take right, it man. easy. See you, buddy. Bye, bye. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can, and your app allows it please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.